Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's here. I mean, the city around here, of course, is a little bit more uh, amped up and ready because it's the run it back season. The the Reds out. The game's tomorrow night. And I feel like you're lying when you tell people that you're just a little sports horny. I think there's a reason why you're sitting down right now. I think that's why we're all sitting down because there. if you're going to start a season off on a Thursday night, like why not a game like this? Like you have two of the best quarterbacks in all the NFL Two of the quarterbacks that got mostly all the money that exists in the NFL in the offseason. Two teams that last time they played each other, it was probably one of the best NFL football games maybe you've ever seen. And there hasn't been a lot of good sports going on lately. The NBA's been fantastic, but football's back. Like, these two guys are back. These two teams are back. And it's it's going to be marvelous. And, of course, it's like football weather outside. It's 50s. It's raining. It's cold. Get the hoodies, get the chili, everybody's horny. No, I think that's kind of interesting is that with these two teams, obviously we'll dive into the Chiefs in a little bit, but like with the Texans, you have David Johnson with a new team, with a new system, with no preseason. Um, and, you know, Coach B.O.B. Um, running things still in Houston. But I think the guy that always seems to give the Chiefs fits is, is Will Fuller. And we all know that Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller have that deep route down. I am in the. We can get into this a little bit later. We think of projections, but I'm in the in the in the fan side of this thing, where I think this is going to look like a seven on seven backyard football brawl, tons of points. I think the over under is fifty four and a half, and I just personally think that with the Texans, I'm interested to see what David Johnson does. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson's ready for this game. I think he's been ready for this game since they saw the twenty four lead go away, and. I think if there's one guy that he clicks with, went healthy against the Chiefs, it's Will Fuller. And that's the guy that literally scares me the most. Brandon Cooks, I think, probably will play. It's 2020, but it seems like it's every year that Brandon Cooks plays where there's always some sort of questionable uh, health concern with him. But he's another guy that can open it up. And when you talk about teams that you know, can let this thing be a track meet, both these teams could score and score quick on big, big plays. Yeah, w- Will Fuller should absolutely be in your lineup tomorrow. And... 
you know, I, I know that there's been the talk of, oh, the Chiefs' defense is going to be better this year. They've got potential to be a top-five defense. I don't think right. the Chiefs' defense is a top-five defense. Not when your starting cornerbacks are Charvarius Ward, who we like, who we think is a really good player. Not to knock him, but then Rashad Fenton, Antonio Hamilton. You're praying Bashad Breeland comes back when he's done with his suspension and that he stays healthy because you don't have any depth. In your secondary, and Tyron Matthews probably going to be playing a lot of man coverage because you just don't have depth at corners. So I think Will Fuller has to be because this is the first year without DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to get the opportunity to just be the number one wide receiver. And I know he's got the health concerns, but Will Fuller's got to be in your lineup. And I do, I, I'm with you, Dusty. I, I want this to be a shootout. I want to see, you know, I, I want to see a. 50 to 44 game and the nfl would kill for that it's oh yeah after the hell of the year that we've had and everything that we've been through go through all of that and this is how you open the season with a game like that yes it's incredible but bill o'brien's not gonna allow that to happen like like D- david johnson's getting tw- 28 touches in this game because that, that that's what bill does and bill beat them in the regular season last year granted the chiefs were really injured and they were dealing with a lot Right. But he beat them by feeding Carlos Hyde. So I think Bill, in his mind, still thinks that's how you beat the Chiefs. That's not how you beat a fully healthy Chiefs team. You just got to go out there and sling it and hope that you can put up 50 with them. But that that's not what Bill O'Brien's going to do. I, I think we know that for a fact. So I, I, I think you still have to play Will Fuller. I think David Johnson should absolutely be in your lineup. Deshaun should be in your lineup. I, I'm not willing to reach on, if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, I don't want to reach on... Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills in week one. I know uh, Darren Fells was good last year. I'm okay on their tight ends at the moment. Right, yeah, I'm okay. Darren Fells is your boy last year, though. He was great. He was a great great (laughs) waiver wire ad. For a while there, he was just scoring touchdowns every week, and I I didn't have a problem with Darren Fells. How old is he this year, 47? Yeah, he's old, man. He's (laughs) He's played for a lot of football teams. It's really um, weird that tight ends play as late as they do, considering the beat-up they get. Like, Jason Witten and Rob, well, I guess Rob Gronkowski is old, but Jason Witten still plays football, and I'm pretty sure Delaney Walker is still playing football. No, Delaney Walker's not on our team right now. Okay, so he's but done. You he, see him, you he, he might wind up on a team at some point. I, I don't, okay, I don't so. think that's uh, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but, of course, turning to the Chiefs, uh, the Texans don't have a strong secondary their defense isn't terrible, but their defense isn't uh, a powerhouse or anything like that. It's not like the uh, Houston Texans defenses that we're really been used to the last few years. So, obviously, I mean, just start your Chiefs. It's the same thing as last year. Uh, you know, if you're a little apprehensive about Sammy, I understand that. I don't know that I'm deploying McCole Hardman as a week one starter. I don't have McCole Hardman virtually anywhere because he, he was just going higher than I was willing to take him because I I love his potential is a sleeper I just feel like he's going to be a boomer bust player because he's just not going to get the target volume that you need in this offense to be an every week starter Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey Clyde Mahomes obviously you're going to play them no matter what they're they're weekly starters in your fantasy lineup and I will say if you're interested in taking a flyer on Sammy Watkins he did have 198 yards and I think three touchdowns at week one last year. So and then he I, never I, did anything again. Yeah, that he didn't have he didn't ha- come close to that production the rest of the season. I don't think he scored a touchdown the rest of the year. 
I think he had until the yeah until the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he had or all until three. Playoffs. All three of his touchdowns were in Week One. So if you're going off of that logic, then Sammy could be the wide receiver one in the opening week of the NFL season. <laughs> uh, yeah, you willing to bet that the first play of the game is going to be some sort of like majestic random wheel route to Clyde Edwards for like. 65 yards and a touchdown. Everybody's going to be like, like, it's Kareem Hunt all over again. Yeah, like the 75-yard Kareem Hunt touchdown. Yeah. I, like, I you Clyde, know that Andy – yeah, go ahead. Clyde would need to fumble on the opening drive, though. He would he would need Ooh. to drop that ball right away. I just feel like Andy Reid has been, like, locked up this whole time just drawing running back plays that can go for 50-plus yards, and they just have a handful they can just pull out of their hat the first play of the game. I think game one – I think Clyde's going to be the most productive Chiefs player in this game. That's just a personal opinion because I think that they're ready to let that new toy get out. I think that he works with the quarterback so far pretty well. I know that, like, supposedly that's what the quarterback wanted when they drafted him. That's the guy he asked for. And I know the camp cliches were there that he's catching everything. He was learning the playbook very well. But there just happens to be just this, I don't know, this, like, aroma around Clyde Edwards so far in this preseason. Like, fantasy boards are loving him. It seems like it can't go wrong. It seems like the perfect situation it might be. And if he is who he looks to be as he is on videotape where he was in LSU or wherever it might be, like that man can catch the ball, make people miss, and then it's just downhill the whole way. And, and this is the type of game where guys like that can get absolutely stupid numbers. It is. It, it does feel like he's just going to go out and ball, and it's going to be a situation like I don't have Clyde anyway. And, and I wanted Clyde everywhere. <laughs> it was just, I, I had two drafts where I had the number two pick, and I I couldn't convince myself to take Clyde over Saquon. But if I was number three, I totally would have taken Clyde. And and that's that's too high for a lot of people. A lot of people are still going, you know, Zeke, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. I have so much faith in Clyde's ability in this offense, I would have taken Clyde at the third overall all pick in all of my drafts. I just didn't get the third overall pick in all of my drafts. And in all of my dynasty leagues, I had late first-round picks, and Clyde was going number one overall. So it does feel like I want to see him thrive because I think he can be a special player, and I, I want I want the Chiefs' offense to be the 2018 offense. Like, their offense was fine last year. It was explosive. You know, they were great, but they were dealing with injuries all season long. They were never really healthy until the postseason run. I want to see the full season of... Patrick Mahomes is going to throw, you know, like 45 touchdowns, push 5,000 yards, and everybody on the offense is just going to eat. That's that's what I want to see, and I'm hoping we I'm hoping we get that to kick things off tomorrow. Oh yeah, it makes for great content too. So, I think that's enough about the Chiefs and the Texans. Obviously, uh, if you aren't getting your fix, you can turn into Six Ten Sports Radio right now, or you can head on over to our Twitter page at Six Ten Sports KC. Uh, we, we are the radio broadcast partners of the Chiefs. We've got you covered everything next 24 hours leading right up to kickoff. We are the spot that you want to be for the Kansas City Chiefs games. But we got a full slate of NFL action that we need to get into. So, so let's try to run through some of these games. Hopefully we can help some people out with some of their lineup questions. And uh, if you're watching us on Periscope right now, feel free to comment. We'll try to go through a little bit later on in the episode and answer some of your questions if you have lineup questions, uh, thing, things like that. So, the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills, Dusty. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this game. Um, 
You know, I I'm quietly in love with Chris Herndon, and maybe not quietly because I feel like I, I've been talking him up. It, is one of my favorite sleeper tight ends all, for three years. All, all offseason. only <laughs> he was really really good as a rookie. Last year was a was a was a lost year. It happens to the best of them. Everybody's had a lost NFL season occasionally, but week one he legitimately has an opportunity to be the top target in that offense. Jamison Crowder's not healthy. Brashad Perriman's not healthy. I don't even know any of the other Jets wide receivers. So it's got to be Chris Herndon. Sam Darnold, while I don't think that he's a great quarterback, he loves his tight ends. Like He made Ryan Griffin a fantasy-relevant tight end last season. I think Chris Herndon has potential to be awesome. I have him in multiple leagues, so I'm really banking on it. He is... I, I don't want to play Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't even know if Le'Veon Bell's going to be the starter. Adam Gase might make Frank Gore the starter in this game. So I think Chris Herndon's the only Jet that I'm feeling confident in starting week one. I just like how you have completely like brainwashed yourself into the year starting of 2020, and Chris Herndon is the guy that you're getting ready to start going with. Chris Herndon. <laughs> um, I dig him. I, guess, I dig my guy Chris. The you, baby. The I mean, three years straight. Um, but the, uh, I don't know, if we talk both sides of the ball, I think this game can kind of be like one of those, maybe like a setup for the rest of fantasy. I think there's a lot of people that are 50-50 on Josh Allen. I think some people think this could be a year where Josh Allen has made that full turn where he can be one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC where he can give you a lot of rushing yards like he did last year and score a lot of points. Because, you know, quarterbacks that run for touchdowns, that's still six points. That's more than the the, average, the normalcy of, like, four points for a throwing touchdown. This game against the Jets, I think the Jets are terrible, right? I think we both agree with that. The Jets aren't yeah. a good football team. They're they have, a two-win football right, team. Right, they're a terrible football team. This is a game that screams, like, Buffalo coming out and just wiping the floor with them and Stephon Diggs exploding on the scene as his first game with Buffalo, Josh Allen looking good, Singletary looking good. All these guys are Buffalo really kind of having, like, an anomaly-type game. So I'm kind of high on stacking Buffalo in this first week just because I think I'm with you where I think the two worst teams in football this year are going to be Washington and the New York Jets. I don't want anything to do with Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't want anything to do with Sam Darnold. I don't even want to play Chris Herndon. He is on a bench of mine as a backup tight end because you somehow conned me into having this guy on my roster. So we have some sort of be relationship. Okay, we'll see. Um, I still miss Peter Griffin. I know that's not his real name. But um, – I don't know. I think this is the game where you spike heavy with Buffalo. But, again, remember that Buffalo is playing the Jets. So when you see Josh Allen go out there and put up 30 points in fantasy and, you know, there's a chance that Stephon Diggs has a big, big game as well, you know, kind of look at it from a, uh, from a smaller standpoint of who they're playing. But I like Buffalo in this matchup a lot. Uh, and so I didn't wind up with Diggs in any fantasy leagues this year. Same. And it's yeah. I love Stefan Diggs, the player, but yeah, it's it's just a matter of I don't trust that Josh Allen, while I think that he is a fantasy asset quarterback, I, I don't trust him to develop enough as a passer. Granted, Stefan Diggs is the most talented wide receiver he's had so far in his career, so so maybe that helps, the fact that, that Diggs is just such a talented player. Obviously, I think he's going to have a chance to be productive. I just don't know that I see him being like a top 12 wide receiver. But week one, I think John Brown potentially, if he's healthy, Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, I think they're all potentially in play here. And, and same goes for 
Devin Singletary. Zach Moss is kind of dealing with a neck issue. Uh, he hasn't been practicing lately, but I think he returned to practice recently. So he might be okay, but the fact that he's missed some time, that Devin Singletary might be the lead guy week one, but Zach Moss is a guy that's a popular pick to get a ton of work moving on into the season. I love both those guys. Uh, the Jets, I, I believe the Jets actually had a decent run defense last year, but they traded Jamal Adams. Their mm-hmm. cornerbacks are absolutely garbage. So I actually <laughs> like the Bills passing game in week one. And, and so I think Diggs is going to be the popular play. Everybody should play Diggs if you drafted Stephon Diggs in your fantasy lineup. But as far as, like, daily goes, I think I think John Brown and Cole Beasley might be uh, interesting sleeper picks that everybody's going to cut, that everybody's not going to necessarily be on because they're just not star players. But they're still productive NFL players. Yeah, I think if you have a tight cap, I think Cole Beasley could be a really good sneaky play because he could rack up, you know, seven, eight catches and a touchdown and, and triple-digit yards, and that could be a really good sneaky play uh, from uh, from the – was he still rapping as well? But either way, Cole Beasley could be a scrappy little sneak play. <laughs> I think he is still rapping. Um, Does he throw he, out good bars? Yeah, he's actually he, – he's not bad. I, I don't mind Cole Beasley's rap at all. Uh, but – Moving on, the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, It did come out today for the Vikings defense that Daniil Hunter, their star pass rusher, they did uh, just trade for Yannick Ngakwe as well. So, obviously, he's a a stud pass rusher as well. But Daniil Hunter, uh, one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL, is in jeopardy for week one. So that kind of scares me. I, I like that if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I like that if I'm the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I still think that Aaron Jones is going to be the lead back in this backfield. Obviously, you're playing Devontae Adams. I'm playing Aaron Rodgers, especially with Daniil Hunter probably not playing in this game. Um, I'm certainly not deploying Alan Lazard or A.J. Dillon in week one of the NFL season. Can we talk Lazard? Because I got to a point in both of my drafts where he became available very, very late. And I did a little bit of research while in the draft because some people take the full you know, minute 30 or however many seconds or time you have in your league drafts. But it looks like he's going to be the number two in Green Bay. I know Aaron Rodgers might not be the Aaron Rodgers that we grow up watching. Um, last year was definitely a disappointment with the new offense, supposedly supposed to come in without Mike McCarthy there. But it sounds like he's supposed to be, Lazard's supposed to be the number two guy in Aaron Rodgers' system that he runs on the offensive side. And I'm not as high on Devontae Adams this year as I was maybe in years past. I think there's a lot of options where Lazard you might want to keep your eye on him or if he's available on a waiver wire. Maybe that's some guy that you tuck in your lineup because you never know with like what's going to happen with COVID IRs and all that. Where maybe in your league you can you can plug a guy in on an IR extra spot because of the uh, because of the situation we're currently in. I think Lazard's a very sexy roster pick. I don't think you should start him obviously yet, but to keep an eye on him and to see how he develops in that offense with Aaron Rodgers because we've seen before how Aaron Rodgers can make guys like that work and work very, very well. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is the Packers just completely whiffed on a very talented wide receiver draft. They didn't even try to draft a wide receiver. And yeah. so they don't they don't have a choice. Uh, yeah. you know, Rodgers has really talked up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a guy who ha- he thinks had the best training camp of any player for the Packers. Uh, but, I, I mean, we, we went down that road last year. I'm not saying he can't take a step forward this season. But he was a popular sleeper pick to take over the number two wide receiver role for Aaron Rodgers last season, and it was it was a huge letdown. So I'm, I'm avoiding that. 
Uh, Lazard's got some upside, sure. I didn't draft him in any leagues, but I understand if you did. He is, he is a a low, low wide receiver three or four for me with, with upside. I, I just don't see him going out and having like 10 touchdowns or something like that this season. Um, but as far as the Vikings go, obviously you're playing Adam Thielen. I think you can start Kirk Cousins this week if he's your starting quarterback. Dalvin Cook, obviously, in your lineup. I don't I don't think we need to worry about Dalvin being ready to go. Uh, but what about – Do you? how do you feel about any of the other Minnesota Vikings offensive weapons? Like, are you willing to take a chance on B.C. Johnson or Irv Smith Jr. in week one? No, because I don't know if I can trust Kirk Cousins throwing to anybody other than Adam Thielen. That was his guy last year until before Thielen got hurt. I know Diggs was in that offense too. But if you remember, the beginning of the year last year – Thielen and Diggs kind of called out Kirk Cousins. They're like, hey, man, we're on the outside. Throw it to us. That's what we're here for. And then he started throwing it to him, but he was throwing to Thielen more. And Thielen was getting a lot of targets. He catches almost everything his way. I really, in this game, only like Thielen and Cook. I don't like Kirk Cousins in this game. I just don't think that he's – I don't know. I just – I don't trust Kirk that much to to throw him out there in the first game. I know last year he was one of the top best fantasy quarterbacks for a short period of time. For about three or four weeks, he was just racking up the numbers after he got called out by his own guys. But in this game, um, I don't want B.C. Johnson, even though it seems last year that he kind of filled in while he was uh, filling in for uh, for uh, Thielen last year. He had a couple touchdowns I know of. But, uh, yeah, just give me Dalvin Cook and give me Adam Thielen. That's all I want in this uh, Minnesota side of things. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um we're going we're gonna to do a few more games before we get out of here. Again, if you guys have any lineup questions, feel free to drop them in the Periscope thread, and we'll, we'll try to answer them before we get out of here. Uh, a game that I find super intriguing um, that I, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of other people do, but I, I'm about it, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. Now, the Eagles probably aren't going to have Jalen Rieger, who is a very hyped rookie wide receiver because – they're probably not going to have Alshon Jeffrey either. And so it's concerning thinking about, okay, well, those are probably supposed to be their top two wide receivers in week one. And it seems like this is the, the thing with Carson Wentz every single year. He just doesn't have healthy wide receivers. I'm going all in on Deshaun Jackson in my daily lineups. I don't have Deshaun Jackson in any, any season-long lineups, but my daily lineups, Deshaun Jackson week one, Washington secondary is awful. And this game has potential to actually the Eagle the Eagles defense also is much improved. They added Darius Slay. I picked up the Eagles defense in multiple leagues. I would start the Eagles defense in week one. If you're if you if you have the Broncos defense and you just lost Von Miller and Bradley Chubb's probably probably not gonna be ready week one. They have no pass rush. I would go pick up the Eagles defense right now and play them week one if they are available. Uh but other than that, Miles Sanders might be on a snap count too, so I think Boston Scott, also another sneaky play. Boston Scott's a guy that I think has value, even if Miles Sanders is the legitimate uh, starting running back for the Eagles, but he's still dealing with an injury issue. We still don't know. It's just a lower body issue. And so I think Boston Scott's actually going to have a bigger role in this game than we than we think. And I think that he could he could have a big role in the passing game. And so I love Deshaun Jackson. I love Boston Scott. If they say beforehand Miles Sanders is good to go, then I love Miles Sanders, and I, I still like Carson Wentz going against a bad Washington team. Yeah, I like Boston Scott. I was actually going to – I had that like in a little side note when we were talking about this game. 
I think the way that Doug Peterson runs running backs is basically the same way that he kind of like took that page out of Andy Reid's book. He's going to use utility guys. He's going to use guys all the way around, keep fresh legs in there, keep Carson Wentz with options to throw to, and throw it out of the backfield. I think Boston Scott can fill in pretty well. This is going to be a good test to see what Miles Sanders can do because Miles Sanders went pretty high in a lot of fantasy drafts, as he should have, right? Like I think he should have been one of the top running backs picked just because of what we've just said, uh, how Doug Peterson uses running backs. But I think personally, I think this is also a year where this is like put up or shut up with me with Carson Wentz. Like I'm just going to be straight up with like I think Zach Ertz is a sexy play here too. I think Wentz and Ertz back on the same page, fresh season and everything like that against a very bad Washington team. Again, like two of the team, two of the games we've talked about, Buffalo, New York, New York, one of the worst teams, Washington, and um, uh, I just lost the track, uh, Washington, Philadelphia. And this is a game where Carson Wentz could go absolutely nuts. He could use his legs, he could use his arm, um, and we could really see what Philadelphia has with Miles Sanders as well. So I'm kind of intrigued on that side. I have nothing. I mean, maybe scary Terry on the outside to see what he can do in Washington well, and to see how much more so- advanced Dwayne Haskins is. I'm still starting Terry. He's probably going to see Darius Slay, which I don't love. Uh, they, you know, he they just made him one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL, and it's because he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Um, right. But what what I still like about Terry is it, it it has a lot to do with what he did last season. And Washington's just a bad team, and they're going to be down, and they're going to have to throw. So even if Darius Slay is on Terry Week One. Terry's going to get all the targets. And so even if it's a garbage-time touchdown, that still plays in my fantasy lineup. I'm more curious to see how they're going to use their running backs. Uh, Antonio Gibson was not listed as the starter on their depth chart, but we know depth charts just don't mean anything. Uh, So I'm not too concerned about that. I I still think that if you went out, if you got value on Antonio Gibson, like you were drafting him at a point where – before they cut Adrian Peterson, where you were getting plenty of value on him. Hopefully you've got running backs in front of Antonio Gibson that you can insert into your lineup and kind of wait and see with him. But if not, if, if you drafted this past weekend and he was, his draft stock was shooting through the roof, he was going in like the third, fourth, fourth, and fifth rounds, whereas before you were getting him in like the eighth round, then, I, then you, you kind of have to start him and... It's not ideal because the Eagles were a really good run defense last season. So I don't love starting Antonio Gibson this week, but I understand if you don't have a choice, if you have faith that he's going to be the star that everyone thinks he can be, and you're just going to have to put him in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, what do we talk? What do you think we look at when we talk about Bryce Love this year with the whole running back situation in Washington that is a mess? Do you do you keep? Do you think he's he's worth keeping around? after week one in the waiver wire and seeing that they're going to probably like platoon a bunch of guys? Um, so I was on the prior, even to Adrian Peterson getting cut, I was on the Bryce Love bandwagon one because I, I feel like it's an issue in the fantasy industry. Everybody I feel like is overlooking Bryce Love and just forgetting how talented he was in week one. And I, I love Bryce Love's talent. I loved him in college. I think he can be a successful NFL running back. I don't know, because I think he's even farther down on the depth chart than uh, Antonio Gibson is right now. I think yeah, he's, he's their listed, third I, option. I think he's listed as their, it maybe even their fourth option behind Peyton Barber. Yeah. Um, so I still love Bryce Love. He's still a player that I was taking uh, at the back end of pretty much all of my fantasy drafts. Now, if he doesn't get a single carry in week one, I'm probably going to cut him in all of those leagues. 
<laughs> I I want I want to see him get an opportunity because I do think he's a talented player and it's you know he he suffered an ACL injury. It, it's it's not like uh, injuries that we've seen before where guys. It's not like an Alex Smith injury where there was like right. legitimate concern that he may never play again. Like guys come back from ACLs all the time now. So I'm not that concerned about his ability to bounce back from that and be the great player that he was in college. I think that he can be a good NFL player if he gets an opportunity to do so. And I hope that we see that on Sunday. I, I hope that he does get that opportunity because I want to see Bryce Love thrive. But I, I wouldn't fault you if you if you decided to drop him just because if Peyton Barber's getting carries over Bryce Love, then then we then we got a serious issue, and he should not be rostered. But Bryce Love is hands down more talented than Peyton Barber. We we can say that definitively. If Bryce Love Correct. had one leg, he he'd be more talented than Peyton Barber. Um, so a couple more games before we get out of here. The Browns and the Ravens. I knew you were juiced up for this one. I this has got Steve all over it. I absolutely love this game. So. <laughs> I think that we are seriously sleeping on the Browns' defense. I feel like we aren't giving the Browns' defense enough credit for, one, their secondary. They've got really talented cornerbacks in Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, two young cornerbacks. Greedy Williams was hurt pretty much all last season. He was never really healthy. Denzel Ward had some injury problems, too. I think they can bounce back and be really good this season. Miles Garrett's going to be back. Their pass rush is going to be good. And their linebackers are a little questionable. I feel like the Browns' defense could give the Ravens some problems in week one. And so, but I, I mean, obviously, I'm still starting Hollywood Brown. I, I, I'm not there yet on uh, Miles Boykins, but uh, he, he's, he's a sleeper to keep an eye on, though, on your, on your week one waiver wire, possibly. Uh, I still like Mark Andrews. I'm absolutely playing Mark Ingram. They listed J.K. Dobbins way down on their depth chart. Again, I don't, I don't believe that whatsoever. It's just the jet ch- depth charts mean absolutely nothing. We've seen it over and over again. Harbaugh last week was just talking about how J.K. Dobbins is a playmaker and he's going to be heavily involved in the offense. I am seriously considering, because I'm a David Montgomery owner in one league and I've got J.K. Dobbins on my bench. I've also got Jordan Howard, who's like a, a nice safe play with like a safe floor. He just doesn't have a ton of upside. I think Jordan Howard could get like, you know, 15 touches and 70 yards and maybe a touchdown. But I want the upside, guys. And so week one, I'm kind of feeling, kind of, kind of feeling frisky. And I kind of just want to put J.K. Dobbins in my starting lineup, even though he's listed way down on their depth chart. I know he's going to have a role in this game. Yeah. So I don't give a rip where he's at on the depth chart because I have him starting uh, this week in one of my leagues because I think. And this is just a theory, because I think there's a lot of people that maybe got on the bandwagon uh, in the last week or so with J.K. Dobbins just because of what he could possibly be in this Ravens offense. Because if he can click uh, the way they think that he can click in that offense and the way that he was at Ohio State, I mean, you can use some similarities that he can make their offense just as good as the Chiefs can with their offense with Clyde Edwards-Solaire with adding that type of a piece. I'm not saying that their offense are going to be comparable, I'm saying that the bolt of lightning that can strike in that offense with that type of an addition can help. And I know John Harbaugh is a guy that sticks with what's hot. He sticks with it all the way through. Like when Flacco sucked and he knew that he had Lamar Jackson on the bench and could be a lightning rod to that offense, he said, look, man, this is now your team. Go do it. Ever since then, that team has been 
100. There were talks two years ago that John Harbaugh was going to get fired. And now all of a sudden he's one of the best coaches in football because of what he's done. To, there was talk. There were rumors. He should, that he should he have, knew, there should have never been talks he was going to get fired. He's a, he's a brilliant but there were, coach. But there were. Because football is what can you do for me now, not what have you done for me lately. But anyways, the way that he has trust in players and the way that he coaches players up to their talents lets me think that it's just a matter of time or two plays for Dobbins to just explode, and all of a sudden Lamar is going to be like, okay, this guy needs to be in my backfield. Yeah, Mark Ingram's still going to be there, but like you said in the last podcast we did, Mark Ingram was really good all year, and then when the year got to its end and his age kind of caught up to him and the injuries kind of got worse, he stalled, and that caused that offense to stall because they couldn't, they didn't have that running option. Now they have two guys. They have a young kid in that offense, which is obviously going to be on a pitch count the first few weeks. But I'm still starting Dobbins, and that's just the gamble I'm going to have. Now, granted, I do have Christian McCaffrey sitting on the other side of him, so I basically have two running backs and Christian McCaffrey already. But I think that J.K. Dobbins can really be a fantasy changer and a playoff maker if he's on your squad this year. And I think this is a good game to see. The other thing that's interesting is when the Ravens played the Browns, I believe the last time or two times ago, the Browns waxed them with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb absolutely went nuts against that Ravens defense. Again, division game, first game of the year. There's a lot of excitement in this game, and I know it's got you ramped up. I know you want to be outside on the projection screen and a nice fall-like Sunday afternoon, maybe a cocktail watching <laughs> Steve's Browns and, and that great Ravens defense. But this is a fun game. This is probably the yeah. biggest game on my schedule, too, because New Year, New Browns, Ravens have to run it back on their own sense, too. It's a it's a great Week one matchup, and actually, just because we were talking about the Vikings a few minutes ago, uh, the yeah. Vikings just announced on Twitter they're placing Daniil Hunter on IR. Uh, that's not the death sentence to a season that it used to be because of uh, the pandemic. You know, you actually players can come back after three weeks now. So mm-hmm. Daniil Hunter at least going to miss the first three games of the season. That's a huge blow to the Vikings pass rush. Daniil Hunter is an absolute star. It's one of the most so- underrated pass rushers in the NFL. Go back and watch this segment where we talked about Green Bay and Minnesota and Aaron Lazard, and now Rodgers has more time. Allen. Um, he's Aaron now because he's with Rodgers. <laughs> they changed his name. Just, it, Aaron Rodgers was just like, yeah, your name's Aaron now? He said, if you change your name to Aaron, I'll throw it to you ten times a game. <laughs> All right. Um, another game that is very sneaky and that I absolutely love, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I Why do you love this game? I love this game. From a, Well, one, we get to see the new-look Colts. I'm actually excited to see Phil as a Colt. I'm actually excited for the Indianapolis yeah, Colts because I think the Colts are going to be a lot better than we, than we think. And they've got uh, one of my favorite sleepers. If you didn't draft him and he's available in your league, I'd go at him right now because I think he's on the verge of a breakout. Colts second-year wide receiver Paris Campbell, who you know I absolutely love. The Jaguars, have, the Jaguars have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. So uh, they've been talking up his connection with T.Y. They've been raving about Paris Campbell. Uh, they have Zach Pascal listed as the, starting, as the third starting wide receiver over Michael Pittman Jr. So if you drafted Michael Pittman Jr. as a sleeper, you might want to drop him. I don't think, he, I don't think you're going to get much out of Michael Pittman early on in the season. I think he's more of a... A mid to, to late season kind of kind of bloomer in this offense because I, I I think that they they really love what Paris Campbell has done as long as he is healthy and Ty is obviously the number one wide receiver 
Jack Doyle at tight end, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. I do believe that Marlon Mack's probably going to get a bulk of the carries in this game, but that doesn't mean that you should be worried about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He was obviously a guy that was shooting up draft boards and going way too early, in my opinion. Uh, But if you start Jonathan Taylor week one expecting him to get 15 to 20 carries, you're probably going to be upset because I feel like Marlon Mack's going to get at least 12 to 15 touches in this game. You don't think they split that between them at 30 total touches? You think it'll go what? You don't think it'll go 17, 30, like all that? You think it'll go heavy Mac and less Taylor? I've been following the Colts really closely because I'm interested in a lot of their fantasy weapons. They keep raving about how much they love Marlon Mack and how he's done everything right this offseason and he looks great in camp. Like, like to me, I, I feel like they believe that he deserves to have like a, a starting role but Jonathan Taylor's going to have an opportunity. I just feel like they think that he's done enough to week one. He's going to get a majority of the work. Yeah, so we're on the same page as Paris game. We don't need to talk about that. I think that's going to be Phil's guy. I'm real interested to see how Phil utilizes his tight end in Indianapolis. Now, he has the best offensive line in football, I believe. Uh, if not the best, one of the best. So he's going to have a little bit more time than he had last year in uh, L.A. But I want to see how the shoulder looks on Phil. Because I'm afraid, even though it may not be there, He's still going to rock and fire the ball. But, I mean, I guess on the other side with Jacksonville, you have, you know, DJ Shark. Um, if you drafted the the replacement to Leonard Fournette, uh, interesting development there. But I really don't want anything to do with anybody on Jacksonville other than may, may, maybe Shark. Um, I'm interested to see what Minshew does just because it's like now his team, there's no pressure behind him to see how he plays as the guy. Um but yeah, I'm just heavy on Campbell. I think it's like, and I have Jonathan Taylor starting because I just think he's going to get. I think he has also that same kind of upside. Like if he's the spark that they need, and he's the guy that Phil loves, I think he's the one that stays in there a majority of the time. And you know how running backs are uh, in the NFL. If one guy's doing it, the other guy's not at the same time. They're going to find the spot for the guy that's doing it, not the other guy. So uh, last game that I want to get to before we get out of here, and it's. A sneaky, sneaky shootout game. The Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. There's no sneakiness about this. This is going to be like 52 to 48. <laughs> I mean, I no, I see. I don't, I don't think that people have faith in the Raiders' offense. Uh, the Raiders did announce Henry Ruggs and rookie Brian Edwards are their starting wide receivers, along with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. Like, this isn't an offense that I targeted heavily in drafts, although I, I do think that we're sleeping way too much on Henry Ruggs. And Brian Edwards is a guy they've been raving about. He's he's a guy, uh, week one waivers, keep an eye on if he has a big game here. The Panthers and the Raiders have two of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I think this game has sneaky, sneaky high fantasy output in it. And I, and I, li- I like Henry Ruggs a lot. And I think I'm going to put him in a couple of my DFS lineups because I feel like people aren't talking about his potential in this game. Uh, it, you know, it's week one. The Panthers' secondary is absolutely awful. Like, they spent every single one of their draft picks this past year on defense because they basically blew up their whole defense. Luke Keekley retired. They lost James Bradbury. They lost multiple guys up front. Like, their defense got absolutely gutted this offseason. So they spent all their draft picks trying to recoup that, but you're not going to rebuild your entire defense in one single draft. Their secondary is super, super suspect. So I like the Raiders' offensive weapons. And 
I'm on board with the Panthers offense. Like I understand the weird off season and you're scared about having new guys come in. But what I do know is that I still like Teddy. I don't think Teddy's like a game changing quarterback, but I think Teddy's a serviceable NFL quarterback. I really want to see Joe Brady's offense and what Christian McCaffrey is going to do in it. And I absolutely love DJ Moore. I don't love Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson, but I absolutely love DJ Moore. And I do like Ian Thomas. But Ian Thomas is questionable, and there's a chance he doesn't play in this game. I say this strictly from a fantasy standpoint, but Teddy Bridgewater really helps that team from a fantasy standpoint so much more from last year. And I know Christian McCaffrey's numbers are always ridiculous, and they always seem to be uh, outlier-ish uh, type of numbers. But I think that with Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be able to move more. And that also helps Christian McCaffrey kind of like develop a play, kind of stand out in an open field, get open, and then take off. I think Christian McCaffrey's online to do another close to a thousand and a thousand on both sides of the uh, of the stat line for the offense of res- receiving and rushing i'm a big fan of dj Moore this year i think he went right around the same time he should have gone in a lot of fantasy drafts um as it goes for the raiders i'm big on hunter renfro i know that sounds weird i like his look he kind of reminds me of uh of the guy that gets uh, crapped on a lot but also plays his ass off all the time he's going to be perfect in the slot for Derek carr we know Derek carr doesn't throw the ball deep a lot um, I think you're right about Henry Ruggs. Darren Waller's obviously a huge, huge target in this offense to see if he can do it again. Um, and Josh Jacobs will be interesting because, like you said, that defense got blown up. You know Gruden's going to give him the ball 25 to 30 times a game. And I'm I'm with you. I think this is going to be like – I think Raiders, Panthers are going to be like the Bucks and Panthers again of last year because you know how I used to always get sports horny when the, when the Bucks. Or the Panthers played because it was just always a fantasy, just just paradise. I think the Panthers are going to be that way again, and I think the Raiders are going to play from behind or playing a lot of close games where they're going to have to be big plays at the end of the games. And I think they have a good enough offense that's not as bad as people would think they are, just because they have the name the Raiders. So I'm interested to see how they use those weapons year two under Gruden's system. Um, and we'll see how the new offense is in Carolina, but it seems like it's going anywhere favorable for the guy that's in the backfield that wears the number 22. And real quick before we get out of here, uh, a couple more things I wanted to mention uh, that, you're, that you really got to keep an eye on this week. Amari Cooper is dealing with some kind of injury. He hasn't been practicing this week. He's been limited. The Cowboys did say they expect him to be ready for week one. They're just being cautious. Just keep an eye on that just in case ahead of game time. And Mike Evans, Bucks announced today that he could be a potential game time decision. So keep an eye on that. He's also dealing with an injury. But before we get out of here, a couple of guys I want you I want you to keep an eye on. Week one, we've talked about it a ton. Week one waiver wire can make or break your season. Sometimes I got I got guys like Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, and DJ Chark in my week one waiver wire last year, who wound up being absolute fantasy stars. It happens every year. There's a young guy, a guy that's gone overlooked. There's a guy that breaks out week one. He has a bigger role in an offense that we don't understand just yet until we actually get to see it on the field. You have to be active in the week one waiver wire if you want to be successful in your fantasy league. A couple of guys that I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on this weekend. Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, uh, Rams rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson, who they've been absolutely raving about in camp. He's going to beat out Josh Reynolds for the third wide receiver spot. Uh, he's a really intriguing player. And uh, I already mentioned him, Ra- Raiders rookie wide receiver Brian Edwards. 
People have been talking about him almost as much as they've been talking about Henry Ruggs. He's been really, really impressive. He's got an opportunity in this game that I think could be a, a big offensive game. If Brian Edwards goes off, he's going to be a guy you want to add. I'm also going to keep a really close eye on Vikings second-year tight end Irv Smith. Absolutely love Irv Smith. He's got serious, serious route-running capability as a tight end. He's super athletic. He had a solid rookie season. I think he's going to be a, a deep potential sleeper at the tight end position this year. Yeah, I agree. How many touchdowns does uh, Demarcus Robinson steal from Tyreek Hill on Thursday night? None. Okay. He better he better get less snaps <laughs> than, than McCole Hardman. Absolutely, better get less snaps than McCole Hardman. I just feel like sorry, D. I Rob. Like he, I, lo- I love you, Honey Thunder yeah. Baby, but you know you don't deserve more snaps than McCole Hardman. <laughs> Somehow going to though. All right. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, I'll be back at this again. Very first episode this Sunday, 9 a.m. Fantasy Football Sunday. And as always, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, listen to us on the air, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will try to answer your questions all throughout the week. Get you guys going because we want to win some money this weekend. And we want to win some fantasy matchups. Thanks. invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.